Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. Charles Firth, best known as member of the Chaser Productions, CNNNN, and the Chaser's War on Everything, joins us on the podcast today. Cartoonist Jules Faber and I chat to Charles about the Chaser's annual, the importance of satire, and surviving 2020. It's not an episode for the faint-hearted. It's such an honour, Danny, um, to be a part of this amazing podcast you're doing here. And it's just really cool to be talking about this book. You know my work and you've given it a lot of thought and um, I don't normally get such good questions, to be honest. <laughs> Your podcast is the one that I listen to when I want to listen to an interviewer who has actually read the books she's asking questions about <laughs> and asks really interesting, insightful questions about it. And I think that's really special. Thank you for your wonderful questions. It was a good chat. Great chat. You're a good interviewer. So enjoying listening to the podcast. That's brilliant what you do. Honestly, I'm so in awe and we need more word nerds like yourself, people that are passionate about books. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, Charles Firth, comedian, member of the Chaser Productions and striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence. How is that going for you, Charles? Well, I don't think I'm doing a very good job. <laughs> I can't get any... Like, like, the mediocrity just isn't working. Everything I produce is just excellent. That's it's terrible. Absolutely. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe you're yeah. excellent in a world of mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, welcome also to my good mate and author, illustrator, Jules Faber. He's in the co-host chair tonight. Thank you. I, I drew the short straw. So. <laughs> Lost a bet as well. So. Oh, look, I knew you had a warped sense of humour and I knew we needed you for this one because there's going to be lots of that, I think. Now, Charles, to start off, we're going to chat about many things, one of them being the Chaser and the Shovel Annual 2020, which I said, you know, before we started recording, I was just cracking up at the dining table pretty much all night and annoying everyone around me going, hey, let me read you this, let me read you this. <laughs> um, and it's a cracker of a year to satirise. But mm. before we start, can you give listeners an elevator pitch as to what we can expect from the annual annuals this year well everyone's lived through this This, it's been a decade's worth of news (laughs) in in any year just to give you a sense of how huge this year has been in about march of this year the chaser website briefly got to 6.5 million unique users right wow this was, you know, lockdown. No, nobody had anything to do. Like, it wasn't our own business. But we, for a moment, we thought we were going to beat The Guardian in that sort of thing. But then The Guardian actually also went up, like doubled their traffic as well. So um, we didn't. But we, but we, for a moment, we could have been as boring as The Guardian. Um, and, that's, a, uh, that's a stretch, Charles. <laughs> no, nothing's as boring, boring as The Guardian. <laughs> Yeah, just get out of it. No, but it's great. And and the thing is, it, like, in some ways, like, it was a golden year before the pandemic. Like, you know, it, the beginning of the year, that was when Scott Morrison, like, Australia faced its its greatest crisis of a generation before the pandemic, which is the bushfires. 17% of the population were directly affected by the bushfires. And Scott Morrison was off in Hawaii. I mean that just writes itself, and like we were, we were having, you know, um, we were going. This is the greatest story of the year already. We've hit our peak. It's you know, that was January. That was January. 
<laughs> and it just like Jumanji just kept leveling up from there. And the thing is, like the Trump stuff, because then you got the pandemic, which of course, you know, it's all very funny and everything like that. And, and you know, the, the shovel, I mean, it, it's so prescient that the shovel, because we've got Trump on our yep. you know, front cover, of course. <laughs> drinking um, bleach, drink, might I add. Drinking bleach, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, <laughs> um, but you could sort of, in some ways, that was a bit predictable to, that, you know, he'd still be in the news even after the election. Though. Mm, <laughs> he'd still somehow ongoing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the other great thing is that the shovel has on its side of the annual is uh, Pete Evans in a tinfoil hat. Mm. And we're just going. We're gonna we're gonna clean up. You nailed the, it in the mm. Pete Evans fans because because all his books have been taken out of circulation. Yes, like, but we've got we you know you can't buy a Pete Evans book anymore because they've withdrawn them all from sale. Mm. But you can buy our book, making fun <laughs> of him. <laughs> so we've got that market turn up as well. This is going to be a cracker. It is so, going to be a cracker. Yeah. And I love I love how you've got Trump. And then Pete Evans on the mm. cover because it's just so absolutely relevant right now. It's like you just looked into the future and yeah. who knew that? <laughs> who knew that Donald Trump would keep giving? I mean, we all <laughs> thought he'd just concede gracefully. <laughs> that was where my money was. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, well... And that's still ongoing, so that's pretty funny too. And, you know, we've got the bushfires and we had Scott Morrison in Hawaii and then we had the pandemic, but I imagine even though Trump obviously, you know, he's got not much to do with Australia, that particular administration must have given you lots of material, far more material than, for instance, the Obama administration. Yeah, I think this has really been the golden age for satire, the last four years, and partly because it's gone from being something where you actually had to do the work and work out gags Mm -hmm. to we've become more of a sort of transcription service (laughs) where you just sort of write down what's happening and, and then everyone goes, oh, that couldn't possibly be true. Isn't that funny? And then, it, yeah, it's all true. I'm a cartoonist and the, the current president for you know, my sins of the Australian Cartoonist Association. And cartoonists in this country have had a field day or a field year, a mm. field four years, really. Um, like, like with Trump now losing the election, I've, I've never yeah. seen cartoonists in the last few years so relaxed, so close to deadline. You know, they're just yes. casual as anything and we just thought oh, we'll just check out what he's tweeted, boom, yes. you know, quick sketch, and the cartoon's done 40 minutes. So what you're saying is there has been a positive to Trump being the 45th president. If only, if only for cartoonists. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, I, I totally, I back Jules's assessment there. And actually, because James and I went over to the US in the lead-up in the 2016 election, mm-hmm. right? We, we went there a couple of times in that year. And we first realised how what, what a different sort of mindset you had to take to satire and the whole thing of running up against deadlines is the only way to deal with Trump was because when we arrived, the day we landed, he'd said uh, that if he shot somebody on Fifth Avenue, um, his fans would still support him, right? And, and, we, and by the time we then got over our jet lag, like two days later, and we we're out to go out to do some Vox Pops, it was like, that's old news. It's, it's too, you know, like, no, it's not topical anymore. He said 15 
you yeah. know, more offensive things <laughs> since then. And and it is true. Like it, as a cartoonist, like if you if you didn't if you weren't so lazy and you prepared your cartoon eight hours beforehand, it'd be it'd be out of date by the yeah. time you got it to your editor. You can't do. You got to do six a day just to keep rolling stock. You know. Yeah. So, keep I mean, up with the tweets. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to miss Trump. Um, <laughs> you know. Look, there's a good chance that he's still going to be, you know, there, still going to be on Twitter. He might still give you plenty of material. It reminds me of a cartoon I think I saw. Um, I think it was Kathy Wilcox did it in uh, when John Howard got thrown out. And um could have been Fiona Kataskis. I'm not sure. It was one or the other. And, uh, they both and, and the, the, he's sitting at the bar and he's going, uh, oh, I miss John Howard. And the, the friend sitting next to her is like, to everybody else, don't worry, she's a cartoonist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I mean, the thing that I was going to say is, I think it is true that Trump's going to do some sort of Trump TV. And so I would actually like to take the opportunity tonight, uh, or just on this podcast, to um, announce that I too am going to be setting up my own TV network it's going to be called Firth TV, um, and uh, you're going to be hearing a bit more. I'm here for that. I'm yeah. definitely here for that. Think yeah. of it as Sky News, but um, less idiotic. <laughs> yeah. Well, if anyone can pull that off. <laughs> it's and not look- me. <laughs> <laughs> less idiotic Sky News. I like that. I'd watch that. I'd definitely tune into that. Yeah, I, actually, I would too. That's a terrible... Yeah, I, I should think of a better bit. <laughs> no, I like it. I yeah. like it a lot. Yeah. Now, in the annual, you do state that there's almost no need for the chaser because real news is more unbelievable than anything anyone could make up. Now, we've talked about Trump, but what are some of the other crazy headlines or stories that you've come across that you've gone... Our job here is done. Well, I mean, I think not enough attention. Like at the time, the toilet paper thing (laughs) got a lot of attention. But we really have to, there has to be a national moment where we sit down and go, what what was going through everyone's brain? (laughs) Like Like past, I could sort of understand, right? Cool. But the toilet paper thing was really strange and frustrating when you went to the shop and you couldn't bloody get any. So today... She goes in overcoats. Hey, man, you want to buy paper? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Roll the toilet paper. Yeah, that's it. Keeps a shifty eye out, you know. Today we we were doing a sketch. We were videoing some sketches for the end of the year. And um, we were doing a sketch on the toilet paper crisis, right? So we sent our runner out and there was a bit of a (laughs) miscommunication about how many rolls of toilet paper we needed. He Love came it. back, this is honestly true, he came back with 800 <laughs> rolls of toilet paper, <laughs> right? And, he, and he'd called in about halfway through the, the things saying, look, um, I'm getting abu- a lot of abuse in the, in the supermarket. Like everyone's yelling at me and telling me I'm a horrible person. <laughs> and they're really selfish and... <laughs> How many was and he supposed to get? He was supposed to get eighty. <laughs> he was supposed to get eighty rolls. We like we got we actually we got a cameo with Dr. Norman Swan, and the whole point is, you know, Dr. Norman Swan's going to be hoarding the toilet paper. But you don't need like it, I said to the DOP, you know, like 
you know, can't we just use the 800? We've got 800 rolls of toilet paper in our office. Can't we just use the 800? It'll make the shop more impressive. And she said, I, I, it won't fit in the frame. Like, there's no, it's not useful to have that much toilet paper. <laughs> thinking how did how did they get that toilet paper because i'm even thinking you know the 10 roll eight ten rolls is going to be hard to fit in your trolley how do you do that times well, 10 yeah he must have just kept on going back because <laughs> that's commitment he, seriously he did he did keep reappearing in the office like <laughs> during the morning so You're like what's he doing doesn't matter oh. yeah yeah it doesn't matter, doesn't matter. yeah <laughs> that is great i'm looking for the toilet paper. i'm gonna count the rolls in the background <laughs> The, the sketch, if you see it online, the sketch is called Dickhead 19. Oh, and that's, a, that's another type of yeah. pandemic, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. That's no a, one's been with us for a long time. It's more serious. Be more serious. Yeah, exactly. There's no vaccine for that one. Not, nothing cures that one. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, one of my favourite also... headlines uh, that you've captured this year was uh, man killed by blade-wielding rooster at cockfight. Now, to me, that... That, that merely proved that 2020 wasn't all that bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, some of the best headlines from this year were the, were the true ones, weren't they? North publication called The Shot that sound as if they're made up, but they're actually completely true. So, and there's, there's dozens of them. Um, and and reality's just become that way where, you know, you sort of, like, yeah, it, it's just so much more bizarre. You don't even have to sort of make jokes anymore. I was wondering, has, has, have we, as a society, become a lot stranger or is it just because of, like, the global technology that we can hear all these stories that we wouldn't have before? Yeah, what do you reckon? What do you reckon, Jules? I, I think that um, for some reason we've started to glorify stupidity mm-hmm. and ignorance and it's started to be the, the latest, um, it's the new cult of popularity. Um, the dumber you are, the dumber the things you say, the more press you seem to get. And the more press you seem to get, the more followers you get. And mm. it's, it's, you know, we reject science. We, we accept reality TV show hosts and, you know, failed moguls as presidents. I mean, <laughs> is it capitalism? I don't know. <laughs> Isn't it social media? Like, I think we... Certainly we, contributing, we, yeah. So under-theorised is the role that the algorithms play... Mm-hmm. In our in our consumption, but also our cultural consumption. Like, it's um, it really. I mean, you know, you, you get a sense what transmits and how to how to really milk the audience mm. um, and the clicks. And and you, you have to go to it because it's actually the way you then make money. <laughs> it's it's very true. And and you know, like I think we all know that anger works really well and stuff like that. But I, I think Jules has a point, which which is the story about the stupid, you know, the, that happens, which, you know, maybe you would have heard of from, you know, five friends would have heard of that tale. Instead becomes... Viral. Yeah, yeah, it goes viral. and Mind you, actually, today, though, I the, my um, colleague, the editor of The Chaser, Cam Smith, he dug up one of um, actually the first stunt I ever did, like twenty years ago, when Kim Beasley was uh, running for prime minister. And I interviewed him with a series of um, microphones that were actually just made of food, so like a, <laughs> co- a cob of corn Salami. and hot dog and a baguette, <laughs> nice fr- French baguette with some, with some hummus dip, <laughs> um, and and he kept on grabbing them. So Cam posted that on TikTok 
um, today because, you know, it's like, you know, the kids might get into this. And it just passed 2 million. It just texted <gasps> me. It passed 2 million views. Crazy. Oh, we love this Kim Beasley dude. <laughs> Is it the real Kim Beasley? Yeah, it's the real Kim Beasley. Yeah. <laughs> it was like at a doorstop interview. And he just kept on, because he, he, he was grabbing it to sort of push, push it away. away. But, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, but we just edit it so it looks like you <laughs> 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 it. Look, I think... Fake news. Yeah, fake news. But yeah. I think satire and humour, you know, behind all that, you know, we need that in these tough times. Do you think that's why people are drawn? Like you are saying, Jules, people are drawn to stupid things. But do you think that's that's part of the reason why? Because it's been a bloody tough year and a strange year and maybe a weird four years. And is that why people are drawn to that, to have a breaker from all that stuff? Is that why you've got two million views? Uh, yeah, no, look, I, I, I definitely think that, you know, just from a um, mental health perspective, you need to be able to laugh at some of this stuff. Like, actually, like, we're sort of going, oh, what a crazy year. Oh, isn't it funny? You know, let's have a laugh about it. But that's because, actually, if you, if you, if you think about it too much, it's a, it was a horrible year. The bushfires were horrible. Like, yeah. we got into February and it was like we hadn't had a summer, a proper summer. Mm. And, then, and then the pandemic, like, you know, I mean, it's going to be something that stays with most people for the rest of their lives. So being yeah. locked down, the, the toll that that takes is so awful that, you know, having, I mean, we had so many people, we had hundreds of people writing to us during that period saying, thank you so much for sort of bringing some light into this because, mm. um, you know, it's the only way we're getting through it is to laugh at ourselves. And, and we, what, especially early on in that lockdown, we found that the things that worked best were the observational humour stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was stuff where you'd notice in yourself that, oh, I've been drinking like uh, three to four bottles of wine a day. <laughs> so, you know, and suddenly, you know, wine o'clock goes from being 5pm to 4pm. to like, oh, 3pm, is that wine o'clock, my love? Because you know, you're at home. Um, and all those sorts of things. But, but they're coping mechanisms. Like, mm-hmm. it's not... Like, I wouldn't want to place comedy in the thing of, oh, that's how we get a catharsis out of this. But I think it's it's an important role in allowing us to sort of survive it and and, and also and to integrate it into our narrative and, and move forward. Yeah, so we get locked down in the house and doing cartoons and we never even noticed there was a pandemic. <laughs> you didn't even know. But did you, did you enjoy the lockdown? I mean... Like you say that, but was there a sort of element where you like being alone, but that's because when you can, you can choose to then go and see other people. Yeah, and that's the difference. It's the, the, you know, we didn't, My we we went in a little bit early and we're in New South Wales, so Mm. we didn't have to do it as severely as like Victoria did. Mm. But, you know, my wife and daughter both had pneumonia in in recent history, Mm -hmm. so we didn't want to take any chances. The, all the, the, the fun novelty of it had worn off. And you can imagine yeah. what it's like for people in Victoria who were in for, what, five months or so. I mean, the, yeah. the toll on mental health. I know. <laughs> I've, I've uh, been talking to people and I've heard 2021 is actually going to be worse. Than mm. Well, everyone's got their dreams pinned on 2021. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I think you're, you're, you're being a little bit too optimistic. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
What do you think, Charles? What, what what can the universe do to sort of, you know, step up 2020 a notch? Have we got, like, alien invaders or are the oceans going to throw up their long-held secrets or, uh, I don't know... Uh, are we making predictions here? Is going to open somewhere? Mm. Well, it's risky to make a prediction, but this is 2020, so... <laughs> Do you want. Roll think, the dice, baby. Yeah, the, the alien invasion. I mean, everyone would just go, oh, yeah, this is a December. <laughs> <laughs> Independence Day, we've seen it. We know how to be. They're only going to blow up the monuments anyway. I mean, I think... No, my, my bingo card would be... It, it's got to be something to do with Trump. Like... He's got he's got more tricks up his sleeve, and he doesn't want his you know attention to go away from him. You know, like I was trying to explain to my nine year old the other day about how just because somebody is sexist in a movie doesn't mean that the movie itself is sexist. Mm-hmm. Like you can distinguish between you know maybe the the sexist character is actually the baddie. Mm. You know, depends on yeah the the context of the film. Yeah. Comic uh, comes out of the UK called Viz Magazine. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Charles. Oh yes. And uh, and their running joke is the whole thing. Everything is sexist. Everything is horrible. But they're not. They're making fun of the people who are like that. They're mm. not being that. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're right. quite progressive and liberal in their sense, but they they will take anybody down for those reasons because. Uh, and and the the readership seems to get the joke. Well, that's why I love the new generation of satirists. Like, you know, Jenna and Victoria are on SBS and, and of course, Mark mm-hmm. Humphreys on 7.30. They understand that, you know, like, Jenna and Victoria always place themselves in the position of being these obnoxious, horrible, sexist or racist or whatever, uh, misogynistic people because they understand that actually embodying those characters is the best way to sort of draw out the target satire mm. um, in a way that I think, you know, like it, it's the show don't tell. It's it, it's literally they're showing the thing rather than telling the audience and it just works better and it's also more funny. Yeah. And so I sort of feel like there's a real renaissance going on in satire at the moment and thank God because, you know, um, <clears throat> there was there was a few years there where it all seemed a bit dry. <laughs> well, I think satire is exactly what we need in this year and maybe with your predictions of 2021 as well. Now, last question for you, Charles. Why is it important for you to make people laugh? I often wondered whether I was a bit sort of of an idiot to just stick around in comedy. You know how, like, a lot of the other Chaser guys started out with have gone on and had far more successful careers doing far more you know interesting and worthwhile projects like Craig's out there saving the world and Chris is writing heady dramas about pianos in the desert and you know like there's sort of there's more arty you know sort of thing and I've gone oh no I really like the chase I'm just going to keep doing you know (laughs) sort of silly gags and write stuff on the internet and I sort of just had this, uh, it was about midway through the year, my, my dad got sick and I had to go down to Victoria to um, help him out. And I was driving home and um, I was feeling really sad and then I was just telling myself jokes to, um, to sort of cheer myself up. And I realised, oh, I've, I've done this my whole life. Like I, I have this real, there's a real comfort to, um, to just, you know, thinking about funny things and making myself laugh. And I realised, 
Oh, actually, the reason I love this and why I'll probably end up doing it for the rest of my life is just because I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. It's just so enjoyable. And I'm not sure I have that huge... I mean, like, you know, you've got to take notice of what the audience wants. But I think my actual driving motivation is very simple, which is because it's really fun to just <laughs> laugh all day. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> I think you're spot on there. And I think you're actually undermining what you do, especially in tough years like this. Like we need this, you know. I think we need this for our mental health, for our, you know, comforts. We need this, these laughs and, and to make fun of, of these serious issues that, are, are, you know, have dangerous ideals sometimes. Yes, and listeners need the Chaser and Shovel <laughs> Annual. <laughs> they need it. They need it for their I, mental health. I think so too. It's medicine, medicine yeah. for us. You can do that, Danny, because this isn't the ABC. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to comment on the cover of the the annual where we see um, the ex-president, Mr. Trump, drinking from a bottle of bleach. <laughs> now, I had to do a double take and think, is this a genuine picture? No, we, I mean, a lot of thought goes into our covers usually, but it was just a no-brainer. The It's funny because we were right at the beginning of this process, like in about early August, we were, we were sort of going, oh, so what should we put in the, you know, what should be the front cover of the annuals? And um, and we had this whole discussion about, um, you know, blah, 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 it could be this, could be that. The thing about the Trump um, image on the front cover, which is such a good piece of photoshopping, mm, that, it really um, is. It, um, <clears throat> a lot of those images that we, it, just throughout the book are done because Cam, our editor, is also a computer nerd mm -hmm. and he's into AI. And he actually programs the computer to make those images. Wow! You don't. You don't. Um, you don't say. You don't go. Oh, you, you, nowadays you don't get a bottle of bleach and photoshop it in. Hand, yeah. You sort of go. I want to train you. Wow. To to get Donald Trump to drink a bottle of bleach, and then it comes back to you with the image. It's extraordinary. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. and and we actually got our hands on this. There's this company in Silicon Valley called OpenAI and they've just released this new program called GPT-342 or something. And um, and you're not supposed to use it. Like, it's a bit secret. And, and my friend got a hold of a beta login. And you can train it. it it's, it's been trained on basically all the internet for the last few years, which includes things like the chaser. So it actually knows what the chaser is. So if you say, uh, write a chaser article about Scott Morrison, right, it, it will just then write you a reasonably funny chaser-style article and you can, you can actually do it. There's a little dial at the side. You can decide how absurd oh you want goodness. the article to be. And... Um, and it's sort of, and you just go, oh, we're all going to be replaced like, really soon. You still like, need the button to, you know, press it to really absurd, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, no, we, this guy, this dot com guy was saying, no, no, the skill is going to be, it's going to be about writing prompts. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, the skill is going to be in, you know, really coming up with creative prompts for it to write. You know, so. <laughs> and yet I still have Siri on my phone who can't ring anyone oh, I want to. Yeah. Yet this is going on. <laughs> yeah. Apple, Apple suck it.
computer. They should get out of the computer business. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I love <laughs> Apple, but Siri and I, we argue uh, daily. <laughs> it's interesting too because they, you know, and people are going to forget how to do math because of calculators. Have you heard mm. of these things? I don't even send my kids to school anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a mobile. Know anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Google it, mate. You'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just play your Xbox, leave me alone, and Google whatever you need to know. That's <laughs> fabulous. I'm so happy that we spoke to you, Charles. Not only did you know we have a great laugh and we covered lots of ground, but I just learnt so much about that whole IA robot thing, and I'm just going to think about that a lot. Yeah, well, you look into IA. I'm going to look into AI. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, you just said I don't need to learn anything. I just yeah, no, exactly. Don't so worry about it. I've just stopped <laughs> learning. Next to each other. <laughs> Stop learning everything now. Just as you said it, I stopped. Now, Charles, what a joy it's been to speak to you tonight. I love satire. I loved the annuals. I've always thought, you know, your work is is really important and um, I think we need it more than ever. So thank you for providing the laughs that 2020 needs. Thank you, Danny, and thank you, Jules. Jules, always a pleasure. Of course it is.